Angel Talk is a special podcast presented by Raise for Rowan, a nonprofit organization that helps families who have lost a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. For more information on our organization or to start giving today, visit our website at www.raiseforrowan.org. This podcast would not be possible without the incredible, generous support of organizations like Smead Capital Management, Chris Hallett and Edward Jones, J&I Power Equipment, Olympia Orthopedic Associates, Robert McFadden Real Estate, Vickerman CPA Group, Timberland Bank, Academy Mortgage, and listeners just like you. And now, here's the pod. Welcome, everybody, to Angel Talk. I am the ambitious angel mom, Bryn Johnson, mama of Rowan Lee Johnson, and I am your host today, and I am joined with the most beautiful wild woman of God evolving, Tiffany Evans. Um, Everybody, we have a lot to talk about today, as if you've heard our last podcast with Tiffany as our guest, we just free flow from the heart and from the spirit, and we have a lot to discuss, and Tiffany is such a wise, wise person um, that walks in faith and is really a vessel from the Holy Spirit, and she has helped me with so much of my healing, and I hope you pro- can remember her from our last podcast that she was on as a guest, but she is so insightful, and we are actually going to talk about Tiffany's book that she wrote today, Running with Jesus. Whatever comes of this book, I feel like it's already fulfilled its purpose for me. Mm -hmm. And that comment you just made that it helped you just see your loved ones differently because that's what God did for me through this is he changed the way I see the world around me. And one of the definitions of joy that I love, because I've been digging into it all year because that's Mm -hmm. my word, but it said, it's the good feeling produced from within you when the Holy Spirit causes you to see the good in like see the good and beauty of Christ in the world around you and in the word of God. And it, it is, it, it was an unveiling of the things of the truth of the beauty of the life that I have and being able to see people and appreciate them and show up for my life and be here and see that we're all on this journey. We're all figuring it out. None of us are perfect. I wasn't perfected in it. Like I said, I was revealed in it and it's, it's just being present for my own life and hopefully, I mean, what you said was like everything I hoped for, I guess, and other people hearing it. It's mm-hmm. just that they, you look at your loved ones and you realize life is hard, but I have so much good stuff and love around me still. And yeah. even that loss, even that you feel that loss and can feel that hurt. And it's hard to say that right after loss, to appreciate it and to honor it and place value on it. But the fact that you have a love so big that it hurts so bad to lose it is also a gift that you mm-hmm. know love that big it is there's nothing more powerful than a skin and bruised heart because you've you've known and got to experience a love so big and that's a gift not everybody gets to even have love that big exactly i wouldn't change it for a minute i'm Same. so i mean i've said it a million different times but i would 
120% always do it over again just to be Rowan's mama. Yeah. Even to go through all the pain and the hurt and, like, heartbreak. And, I mean, it's, like, the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. But I would do it over and over again just to be her mama for 17 months again. Because the love is always worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's holding on to that feeling. And I felt this way at the end of the book. Like, I always go back and I look at things. And I think if I knew it would end this way. If I knew that this is how things would turn out, if I knew it going in, would I make the same choices all over again? A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. The love was worth it. The mm-hmm. love is still worth it. It's beautiful. It breaks your heart. But at the end of the day, you look back and you're like, you know what? Even if I knew it was going to break my heart, getting to have it was a gift. And it made me who I am. It made us who we are today. It it brought these things about and of course, we would all bypass the pain and we would all bypass the ending sometimes, but it's worth it. Loving's always worth it. 100%. Yeah. We're like trying not to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already crying. I don't even care. Um, I just have to point out that as I was listening today, I realized that you started day one on my birthday, which is April 6th, a year ago. I did not even realize that. I didn't realize it till today when I was That's... listening. I did like a refresh. And I'm like, wow, she said... April 6th, day one, endurance, giving it to God. Dang. I mean, we're connected, guys. We we are like Jedi, crazy, like Twilight Zone, almost creepy level <laughs> sometimes yeah, where I'm I just mean, like, it never doesn't. It's wild because the women that I write about in this book were the same way. Elena and I, me and Angela, Mama Jensen, uh, my sister Amanda, little blue, my little bluebird. Um, it's... It's this crazy sisterhood connection. But me and you, it's it's wild. It's like another level wild. I love it. I do too. I didn't know it was on your birthday. I never caught that. Well, I did today. I was like, oh, wow, she started this book on my birthday, April 6th. We're just connected like that. Um, I want to talk about one of your chapters as well, surrender. Mm-hmm. Our favorite thing, isn't it? Well, no, not really. (laughs) Um, You know, this came after the honor chapter. And um, for you personally, like, what did you personally feel like you had to surrender? I mean, it's a lot. I know it's a lot. Everything. I know. Everything. It's, I think it's hard to explain. That's why I'm like, like, paint this picture for our listeners because surrendering, surrendering is hard to explain. Um, and it's hard to do. Oh, so you just hard like to give do. yourself and give it all mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. Surrender for me is, I think it's it's keeping. It's the understanding that God is good, and that if you look back on your life, He's worked everything out for good, and knowing that He wants good for you. So, surrender is. Wanting what you want, having your heart there, still having these things, but letting go of outcome, letting go how it gets here, Mm -hmm. knowing that it might not look and show up the way that you want it to according to plan, but knowing that anything true and good and of worth and of value for you, your father wants for you. You know, my daddy loved me and he wanted good things for me and I watched him and sometimes it took some time. But he never didn't give me things or do what he said he was going to do, even if it took longer than I wanted. 
And I think getting that experience in real life has helped me to trust my heavenly father more and surrender for me is you've put this desire in my heart and I know it's good because it's love and is based in love and it's letting go of how that comes and when that comes and just trusting that everything is going to work out. And in the meantime, just sewing and showing up as yourself. And I think that is something, surrender is a daily thing. Like I surrender every morning. I surrender my day. I surrender, you know, we surrendered this podcast when we started to not, that's the thing, not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, it does tie back to Romans, to the be not transformed to this world. This world tells you that you, you know, if you, Go for it. You push hard enough. Hustle, hustle. Hustling for your worth is our society's message. Like mm-hmm. hustle, hustle, hustle. You'll get it. God is not of this world and that is not his message. And there's freedom in his. His is be transformed by the renewing of your mind of the truth that God's will is better than anything that you desire and anything good. Like, you know, if God put it in my heart, the desire to be a wife, to be a godly wife, trusting that my intentions are good behind that, but letting go of how that comes about, letting go of how that's brought in and not taking it into your own hands and conforming everything to your will and the way you want it to come about, but trusting and letting go and letting things unfold. And I think, and showing up for your life in the meantime, and that can be hard. That can be really hard for me to not want to control how things go. Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to mold everything around you, especially after you suffer loss. Cause the world, your message after loss is the world isn't safe. It's not a safe place. I can't trust it. I can't trust things to unfold. If I let go, everything's going to fall apart or that leads into testing, which is another chapter. So you're getting constant tests in life over and over and over. Yes. And even after you surrender it all Mm -hmm. and you think you, you feel that 100%, you know, love and fulfillment and joy in your heart, Mm -hmm. that unshakable joy that you've been talking about, but you can still be tested Mm -hmm. and you can still get knocked back down. Mm -hmm. Well, the testing, I feel like the testing does come. There's surrender. There's where you surrender in that Mm -hmm. moment. Then the test has to come. Testing means to be proven true. So gold, you put gold in the fire when it melts down all the other elements that make it like real gold is liquid. It's, it's a pure form. It's Mm -hmm. fluid. I think we're the same way. If when we get put into the fire, all the things of the world, all the things that are not true, they're going to be burned off because you you don't have the strength. You don't have the energy. You don't have anything, but like only what remains of you comes out of that fire. Only those that are for you come out of that fire. This 10 days was, was a fire. It was a testing of the surrender And it's almost a forced surrender because I didn't have the energy to make up my own story. I didn't have the energy to control other people's story. All I had in facing this was like, I needed God. I had to surrender or I couldn't get through because carrying anything with me through this was too much. Mm -hmm. Like you already feel broken. You already feel lost. You already feel like it's too much. So you don't take anything with you. You don't have to take. And that's the beauty of the trials and the fire and the testing is it proves what's true. And that is true. That that is true is that which never changes. And the things that come out through that is that which never changes. And that's truth. And the truth for me is 
is love, but it's it's a new kind of love, like an unconditional love. And the only kind of real love is unconditional. If you love somebody as long as they show up how you want them to show up, as long as they do what they want, you want them to do, as long as those everybody around you does what what you want them to do, then you'll love them. Then mm-hmm. then I love you. But if you do anything I don't want you to do, and that really is what God God showed me in a new way. You love your children unconditionally because they're your children. I can't say that before this, maybe I did love them and I didn't realize it, but I, God showed me unconditional love through this heartbreak of loving another person, no matter what that person does, no matter if they make the decisions that they've made now that I absolutely, the ones I have or have not agreed with, whether they choose the path they're on forever or not, you love them without condition and you still love them because their worth is not tied to their behavior for you. And that is the purest form of love. And that's what I came out of this with at the end of the journey was going into it hurt and so attached to how other people behaved or how they act and how they did what I wanted. And God burning all of that off through the trial and the hurt and the pain, which is the only place that it's going to come off. Mm -hmm. So that when I came out of the other side of this and when I went through the swamp, even for that person and, but even more for the people that still remain in my life and, and that person that is not in my life, looking at them and being like, you know what? My love never came from you. It came from the source and I love you. And it's not attached to what you do from here. You can be this forever. It doesn't change my love because it's it's a purest kind of love mm-hmm. for somebody else. And that that's freedom. I was going to say that is so freeing. So freeing. It It is the freeing, the most freeing feeling and unbridled to to look at someone who's who I think I placed my worth and my value on their opinion of me mm-hmm. for a long time, which is something that I think we do. We put our, our value and worth in, you know, being mothers, being wives, being girlfriends, what our partner says about us, what um, others perceive us to be as parents, how, how good we think we show up as parents. And it's reaching a moment and place in your life where none of that matters because you base everything on what the one who created you says you are, which is wonderfully and perfectly made and knowing that all your missteps and your falls, um, that the definition of failure really is just not producing an outcome that you want, but realizing that you only fail when you quit, when you quit trying, when you quit showing up, that's failure is you quitting. There's no, the, was it Edison that invented the light bulb? And he said, like, I never failed. I know a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. And it's that perspective of failure changed my life because I only fail when I quit on myself. And when I start listening to those opinions or basing my worth and value. But when I let go of that and I realized, look, I produced an outcome and it wasn't the outcome I was shooting for, but I showed up with my whole heart. I tried, I put it out there. And learned like, a valuable life lesson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I and learned. Evolved. Yes, I evolved. And I've also detached from that need for validation from others so that I'm actually free to love that person better now and everybody else around me because it's not, I don't need it from them. It's just something in me that pours out of me for them. Mm-hmm. And that leaves them free to be themselves and however 
they need to be in life is good that way. <laughs> I want to stay here. In yeah. this. I'm so proud of you. I've seen a huge change in you. I mean, just you've always been amazing. I don't know how you retain all this information <laughs> in your brain <laughs> because every time I'm with you, I'm like, how does she retain all this? Like you're just, a, you really are a true vessel of the Holy Spirit and like a unshakable joy and a beaming light because uh-huh. every time I'm around you, I'm just like awestruck. It's the things written on my heart. I don't think it's retained in my head. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think the things that we remember are the things that we walk out and that's, and you nailed it. I mean, it's the spirit within me. It's the mm-hmm. spirit set apart within me. It is not of my own will. You've seen me on the other side of the train. You've seen me full serve, full flesh. <laughs> what happens? This is the result of surrender. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the um, quotes you say in one of the chapter chapters is just know him to reveal destiny. Pain is for a purpose. And I love that um, because, like you said, we're always trying to strive and hustle to plan our own destinies, but it's really not up to us. Mm-hmm. Like our destinies are already planned out for us, mm-hmm. and we are supposed to follow his lead, mm-hmm. not take our own. And that yeah. is so hard to do, um, but you're a prime example of doing it and just like being your best version of yourself and what God put you here to be, and and you're just shining that. It's pretty awesome, girl. I feel it. I definitely think, sis. I feel it in that. That is the truth, though. It came from knowing him. It's not anything I did. And that's the funny thing is that we do. You're absolutely right. We seek our purpose. We're like, I just need to find it. I just need to find it. The funny thing is the second you stop looking for it, you face the pain that you fear to face. Your purpose is in there, is in Mm -hmm. that cave you fear to enter, is in that pain. And really, this was a journey into myself into finding, into facing myself and the things I didn't want to face and didn't want to look at and didn't want to admit to myself. But in my surrender, I found everything I was trying to hustle for. And the more I stay surrendered, everything that I was looking for comes in that. And it doesn't always feel good, but especially the things that don't feel good hold the most value and worth in in the wisdom that gets etched into my heart and the things that the Spirit reveals to me through that surrender. But it's, it's not me doing it. It's me letting go so he can do it through me. And that's just being an open channel. And when you um, say surrender yourself, do you like every morning just start your day off with prayer and just surrender your day to him? Yes. Every day, first thing I do um, when the alarm goes off in the morning is I lay in bed and I just start saying thank you until I feel thankful. So Legit, I start out, thank you for pillows. Thank you for my blanket. Thank you that I'm warm right now. Thank you that I can hit snooze for 10 more minutes. <laughs> thank you that I washed my face last night. Like really basic things until I start feeling that feeling of gratitude. Then I open up my Bible app, um, which is another gift from the heartbreak. Like that Bible app probably wouldn't have came into my life. I wouldn't have got so invested with it had I not gone through the journey with the relationship I had before, that's how I got the Bible app. Like mm-hmm. all these little things that end up being blessings. And I open the Bible app, I read the word of the day, and me and my brosin, who's my cousin's husband, but he's more like a brother, so he's my brosin. Another fun little tiff analogy. And we do a devotional together. We started doing them together right after um, 
right when I faced this loss and we've just kept going. So now we're over a year into it. And so each time every we, morning, every, every day we I do this. That. Yeah. So we, um, sometimes we'll take like a weekend off, but he picks a plan then I pick a plan. And so we go back and forth oh and, um, it's really incredible to walk this journey with, um, with my cousin's husband, who is, is just their place that I've ran to a lot, like mm-hmm. in those like bad times where you go, um, they're another place I've gone, but so we read those. So then I read that and sometimes I'll do mine at night, but then I get to read his in the morning and then I read the word of the day. And I start my day there just to kind of plant that first seed in the morning of perspective. And there aren't every day that I don't absorb it every day. You Mm -hmm. know, like it's not like, but I plant the seed and I make sure that I'm intentional about the first seeds that I plant. I always am to work early. Um, because I want to set the tone for my day. I don't want to walk into somebody else's energies or moods. I want to set my own tone and make sure that I'm unshakable in my place so that whoever comes in, whatever they bring in, I make sure that if it's not for me, that they go out with it. And I might even send them like a dollar of my love with them too, you know, on their way out. But like, I, I like to set You're putting on God's armor. Yes. Like that's what yes. I picture is you're the like armoring armor up. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's nailed it. But like when you go out into the world and, you know, you're at work and you're dealing with, you know, different clients that come mm-hmm. in and, you know, it's probably really easy to have your mood turn around. So you, you starting your day off with like God's armor and doing that, that yeah. takes like dedication and work. <sighs> At first, mm-hmm. that's the 10 days of running. That's the obedience at first. Mm-hmm. Once you tap into that power and realize what's there, it's not work. It's like eating breakfast in the morning. It's like getting your coffee in the morning. You mm-hmm. realize how powerful you are with it and you realize what a hot mess you are without it. Oh, 100%. And it quits being work. It's something that I wake up in the morning now and I can't wait to see what he has for me and the word he has for me because because the word is alive. It's a living word and it empowers you. And so it's like you wake up in the morning and you get this power burst in the morning. I also have, um, I'm big on, on affirmations or words that stick with me. So if you go to my job upstairs or downstairs, I always have post-it notes like stuck to my computer, just reminders. Uh, Maya Angelou says, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. And that's, that hit me after my breakthrough moment when you realize that you have a cloud of witnesses, a cloud of angels. You have this army 100%. with you. And so glimpsing that or I have like God's got it and I trust him. And my mantra right now is like all those moments when I feel off, it's I am harmonious, poised and magnetic. Like harmonious is in thought with God. It's the Romans 12 too. Like transformed by the renewing of my mind when I'm like minded with him, then I'm poised. And no matter what weights come, poised means to be balanced equally balance to carry weight and the magnetic is drawn to you you draw the things for you like thoughts become things whatever you think about you bring about and I bring myself back to that and it always is back to words of God and reminding myself of truth throughout the day and that's why he says stay in the word because these things are planted in my heart they're not things that I remember they're they're meditating on so that mm-hmm. you chew on them until they you ingest them and they just become a part of you and and staying in that and feeding that and being mindful of the things that I'm nurturing within myself. One of your chapters um, is called Kindness. Oh, girl. And, that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see if you're starting your day, you know, 
feeding your soul with goodness, Mm -hmm. even if it's for five minutes or however long you do it or 10 minutes, I can see how that might be easier for you to fill the rest of your day with kindness, Mm -hmm. no matter what comes your way. Mm -hmm. But can you talk a little bit about your kindness chapter? I love the kindness chapter. It also is probably my most, one of my more vulnerable chapters because I'm real about it shows the humanity of this journey, which I really wanted to communicate in that this wasn't easy. It's not like I went in this peaceful, loving being all the time, peace, love, joy. Um, well, let's be real. When we get like hurt or burned or done dirty in the world, it's real hard to be kind all the time. It's real hard. And your flesh comes up. And mm-hmm. I do, like I talk about in the book, I become this like high stakes attorney with these ghost arguments. And I'm telling you, <laughs> Don't we all? oh, sis, as much as I can speak life, like I could have done some things. <laughs> I could have done some damage in the world of, yeah, of attorneys, but you're powerful. Don't test that beast. Is, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't push me. Humili- <laughs> but that's humility. And that's where God really, really taught and worked in me because the self-righteous rage of ego of this, how could you, how dare you? Like, mm-hmm. how could you do this? And not, and, and all these things that we, based on our ego and the stories we tell ourselves and God just really bringing me truth in that moment. But I saw him, like I say in the chapter, I stopped and I reached for the word and I reached for a sermon because it felt I did not like that feeling. And that is a feeling that used to empower me once upon a time was like that, the empowerment of knowing that you have the power to destroy and like dismantling and and projecting this to tear them down and make them feel as horrible as they're making you feel in that moment. And I reached for the word instead and I reached for God instead. And that that's a choice. Those moments mm-hmm. are choices, what you do with that. And in that God just flipped it. And that's what his word does is realizing that humility is knowing that if I act in my flesh, if I do the things I know I can do and that I have the power to do, not only am I going to kill the kingdom within myself by making that choice, I'm going to I'm going to dismantle this peace. I'm going to dismantle the love. I'm going to go against everything God's building. It's going to destroy that within me. But I can potentially destroy the purpose and path and love that God is working in the person who's accusing you's heart. And I could dismantle their journey. And that was a perspective I desperately needed in that moment to to remember that it hurts so bad because I love this person. Mm -hmm. And I feel that they're acting out of the loving and true character that they are. But if I become this person... Any way that God is trying to love them in this moment, I'm going to tear that down too. And I'm going to tear that purpose down. And it was honestly wanting God's purpose in their life as much as I wanted it in mine and wanting them to experience this love and this freedom and understanding that if I made this decision and this choice and if I acted of my flesh, I'm wrecking any, any hope or potential in that moment of being God's love to that person who right. really I wasn't mad at. It's really most of the times when you get that deeply hurt, mm-hmm. you don't actually hate that person. You don't actually no. dislike that person. It's that you love them so much that you're like, and you're so invested in 
in their love for you or their opinion of you or how they value you and you value their opinion of you. So it's when you're that connected and invested and somebody you love that much and place that much value on says things to you that don't align with your character, that hurts, but it's only because you love them so much. Mm -hmm. And I really had to pause in that chapter and in that moment and remember this is where this person is at. They're on a journey too. They're not, I'm making up a story about how it got to this point. But the truth is, is I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't Mm -hmm. know the journey that they're on right now, but I know that really I'm hurt because I love them and because what they said hurt me and it hurt my feelings like on a deep, deep self-worth level. And that was what I needed to look out was God was saying, Hey, you think you're free. This is an, this is another weed that we have in the garden of your heart right now. Your value is attached to this person's opinion of you in this moment. But here's who I've said you are. Here's who you are. Here is what I know your heart is. I see your heart. I know where your heart's at. I know that you love, that you are wow. loving, that you love. And in that moment, his that truth became enough to kill all anger. And then by the end of it, I felt love for my accuser and for that person again. And like, the truth is, is like that perfect love and that pure form of love is like, by the end, I just, I, you're almost thankful to them. Like, thank you for drawing this trigger out or pointing this out to me, even though you don't know that's what you're doing, but thank you because it helps me to send you love better. It helps me to be better of a person. And also it set me free. It set me even more free because God kind of pointed out a string I was attached to that wasn't him. So I could unplug for it and plug into him where I belonged. And in doing that, I got everything I was looking for in that person's validation, plus more enough to pour out like into them from there, whether they hear it or not. So we started with kindness and then we've actually encompassed forgiveness out of this whole chapter Mm. as well. Like it sounds like you were able to let go of a lot of your pain and hurt and it's turned into forgiveness. I think you are the queen of forgiveness and and if, the queen of forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, oh my goodness, I, I mean, love you. I mean, really, really, truly, I do. If anybody can speak on love overpowering anger or love of somebody else and understanding that they were operating from what they knew to do and knowing the heart of that person, like mm-hmm. really knowing the heart of them and knowing that they would not in their truest selves, in who you know them to be, they would not hurt you on purpose. And that when they were operating, they're operating out of their own understanding in the moment. And then you forgive from that place. You know, you you had that whole thing on forgiveness in, in your book and and all of that, you know, like that is, that's a huge forgiveness. And this is the same thing. It's understanding that life is hard for mm-hmm. Everyone. I mean, even if you don't, even if you don't face loss in the way somebody else does, you still feel those feelings and we're all on a journey and we're trying to figure out how to deal with it. And there's also a part of you who understands that when there's anger, when there's bitterness, when there is, when these things are said, it's a reflection of the person speaking them, not of who you actually are. And when you love someone, it almost hurts you to to hear the anger that comes from them or to hear these perceptions because you realize the how they're seeing the world in that moment and it breaks your heart a little bit because you 100%. know you know there's a freedom for them and you mm-hmm. want them to be free you want them yes. to just 
know this love that you know now and know this freedom and know this forgiveness and and you want that more than anything for them so it it comes with its own empathy because you've been there too and I've been trapped and I've been in it and it's it'll kill you it yeah it's a it's like this vine this weed that like chokes your heart out and you want them free from it as much as it frees you in that moment and that's that's the prayer Okay, so I won't continue to talk on this too much more, but I do have some kind of like I I want sister advice. Shoot. And listener advice because okay. I know I'm not the only person that has obviously probably faced a challenge like this in life where, you know, maybe we really have been deeply hurt or wounded, you know, from either a relationship or a friendship, whatever it may have been in the past. When you had this revelation – um, in your in your kindness chapter, and basically what I feel as you accepting forgiveness, and then you're just radiating this love. Did you tell that person like you just? It's only on your heart, or or do you tell them? I didn't. I didn't tell them. Um, it's I'm, for you and God. I wrote the book. Um, knowing that who was meant to hear it when they needed to hear it when the. When the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Mm -hmm. It's like an old ancient saying, but it's true. It's a truth that I was ready to hear in that moment. There are times when I've shared it and when I've said things, but I didn't feel the need in that situation, in that circumstance, because I think the love that you feel for them, the love that you send them from that moment on is powerful enough. I don't think that it always has to be a conversation. I do think that that is definitely... A personal thing and something mm -hmm. dependent on the situation and that's that intuition is that inner teacher the holy spirit is telling you like reach out i i mean i wrote a book and put it out there for the world so it's yeah. like okay i feel i feel very wholehearted and exposed and vulnerable because my my heart and soul are really poured into these pages and i'm very honest about my journey and about that struggle but when you forgive and when you receive that forgiveness and the truth of that love, I just didn't feel that need. I didn't I didn't need that validation. It felt like a validation or an acceptance. Like, I've forgiven you, accept it. I didn't need for it to be accepted because I realized that my job is just to sow. I sow forgiveness. I accept forgiveness. Like, when God brings it to me, my job is my soil and making sure that I have attended heart where those seeds of forgiveness, those seeds of love are going to take root. Mm. I can't control other people's soil. And so I send it and I send the love and I keep praying. I have to write that down. Control yeah. other people's soil. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's between them and God and the seeds that we sow, that's on me. That's on what comes from my heart that comes and what comes from my heart and the seeds that come from there are based on how I'm tending my own garden, mm -hmm. what I'm planting in there. And then when the seeds go out, if I go by a garden, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to plant some forgiveness here, also some love here. But the soil that it takes root on, that's between the gardener and the and the soil, you know, and that's that's God in them. That's between the two of them mm -hmm. and how God does that. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit calls us to plant those seeds for a reason and the importance of obedience in those moments of acting on that forgiveness or on that love or sowing that in the way that you feel um, the Spirit's telling you to because you don't know how God's going to use it to mm -hmm. 
to change that person's garden maybe completely. And that's all these women in this book that God put in here, they were unknowingly sowing seeds into me that helped me uproot my garden and make room for their love and just realize what they were sowing. And they just kept sowing those seeds in and it, and it produced something beautiful where I'm able to share that and put it out there. And that's, I guess my book is just that planting of all these things that these women poured into me and our journey and how God used it and me and him tended it, but other people can plan it. And that's the Wow. The relational power and being intentional about who you have in your life, who you're mm -hmm. listening to, what their life looks like, how you feel when you leave their presence, and then and then really being mindful of who do I want to show up as and who am I showing up as and what choices am I making because I can't control their gardens. Right. So how do you kind of protect yourself? I know we already talked about God's armor, but how do you kind of protect yourself from negative people when it's like maybe it's a situation where you can't really avoid this person or you're in a circumstance in life where you know maybe somebody that you work with or in any aspect of your life that you're feeling you know like a negative force or a negative energy like mm -hmm. how do you protect yourself from that when you don't really have a choice so even scientifically speaking, so if you get down to like quantum physics, okay, mm -hmm. when you do levels of vibration and they have ways of measuring it now, so it's not like a a saying or anything outside of that. Like I've really been looking into the science behind it, the vibration of love. So the things that come off in love, things of like, it's like such a high frequency, like a high pitched sound. Mm -hmm. So like with the dog whistle, like they're so, so high pitched that low pitches can't exist in them. So when you show up as love, you show up as light, even if that person does not, is not shifted, does not take it in. When you're so channeled and connected in that, it can't come into you. Like your mm -hmm. vibration's too high. You can't take those things on. You have to be in lower vibrations, which is like um, grief, depression, your anxiety. You're looking to the world for mm -hmm. the things that you're you're trying to find that only can come from inside. And so when you start out inside, power moves, power is not moved. That's something that I remind myself in those moments. Power is moved, it is not moved. So I have the ultimate power being connected to source. I move the things around me. I am not moved by them. If I'm moved by them or that's negativity, in those moments, I go back inside. Like, I go internal. Thankfully, I mean, I know it can be frustrating for my coworkers at times. I live in my own little world. Oh, and even my family, I know. too. <laughs> yeah. hundred. Yeah, You guys, she sends me Snapchats, and she's under her desk, like, in prayer. Don't tell my boss that. <laughs> edit. We got to edit this. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> I do. I crawl under my desk sometimes. I'm working on a book. Only when people aren't there. But, oh, my gosh. Um, but sometimes you probably just need those, like, five minutes to yourself. I do. Well, we have a room, too, that I run out, like, um, or I book for my lunches usually. And I'll go in and I'll, like, meditate. And I'll just, like, listen to something or I'll do a breathing or I'll go back in. But that's, like, where the, where the affirmations are God's word or the mm -hmm. things that you – that's where those seeds really become powerful because I'll have those moments where I'm like, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, renew your mind right now. Like, what is it? What's a better thought? Like, Good tip. Like, I am wonderfully and perfectly made. Like, start speaking those truths to yourself in your head because it really isn't, it's never what's going on around mm -hmm. you. It's never other people. It's always the conversations and the stories you're telling yourself in your own head about the things that are I happening around you. It just triggered like daily affirmations for me mm -hmm. because I started doing that for myself and, and with my kids mm -hmm. um, because through COVID, you know, 
it's had so many different um, things I've been grateful for because I've obviously got to spend so much more time with my my family and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's triggered, you know, new mm-hmm. anxieties or, you know, just just little things. That Every parent had. listening right now, yes. right now is like, yes, I love my children. Yes, but we started daily affirmations. So especially before um, my kids started back to school mm-hmm. part-time, um, we would do the daily affirmations because I felt like after being home for so long, it almost created a whole new anxiety for them. Like, yeah. oh, I have to go back to school and I have to get up early and I have to be present and I have to, you know, hop in the shower. I mean, just for them to get back to a routine of being out of it for so long. So we started daily affirmations that, you know, I am strong, I am smart, I am healthy. And um, not only for them, but for me, I do my own as well, especially I think this is so good for somebody that's really grieving. It's good for anybody in general, just life. I love it. But when you're grieving, you know, start your day with those daily affirmations to tell yourself how you're going to set your day mm-hmm. and set your intentions like you yes, were saying. Yes. Um, that I am healed or I am healing. I mean, I almost envision it as I say yes. it. Like I am healthy, I am wealthy. Like there's yes. like a little rap song yes, that I, I heard sang. it. Yeah, I am so, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's so cute. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but daily affirmations, I felt like just can definitely start your day on a good tone, yeah, on a good note. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you do those and I'm the same way. I mean, I will definitely do my awards in the morning and when I drop off Atticus, I got to put Queen B on and just remind myself mm-hmm. like it's not, it's not an, it's not an ego of like a cockiness, but that's why I say it's confidence. I remember whose I am and in that who I am, the mm-hmm. power that's within me. It's not my power. It's not that I'm this like all powerful being, but he is, and he works through me and he is, I am surrendered to him. That's the power that's working through me because I'm surrendered because right. I've let go. And when you show up knowing that, and that's the thing with the book is like that fear of releasing that fear of putting it out, but then being like, I didn't, I don't even really feel like I wrote this. Like I know I was right. the vessel of it, but I'm like, these are your words. And, and when I read it and read back through it, I'm like, this is truth. There's nothing in here for me to fear because this is my journey and it's mine alone. Like you, you can't comment on it. And when you show up for your life like that of this is my journey, it's not subject to opinion. Like you're going to make up your own mind based on your journey and your perspective. But the truth is, is I am, I am his, I am a daughter of the King and walking in that knowledge and that I'm loved period. Like I am loved. 100%. Ask, believe, receive. Yes, girl. I love it. I want to kind of be our final topic of the podcast today to talk about your last chapter, which is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because that is obviously all-encompassing on this journey that you've been through. Mm-hmm. And I think it correlates so hand-in-hand with grief because when you walk through every step that that encompasses, you really do come out wiser in the end. Oh, yeah. So what does wisdom mean for you throughout this 10-day journey, Tiff? Wisdom in this 10-day journey. I'm asking you some hard questions. I'm sorry. No, I love it. These are my favorite. I'm a deep diver. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes. So wisdom for me 
Knowledge is power, but wisdom is the application of knowledge. This 10-day journey was applying the things that I've been told my whole life, testing their truth, walking into them, depending on my maker, really, really surrendering and free falling into my faith and being obedient and the willingness to feel like a crazy person sometimes going running on a trail with an invisible God and reaching your hand out, waiting for him to take it. Like you feel nuts. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that it is being a wild woman of God. It is in my innate nature, the wildness of, and my authenticity. Like I'm a wisdom seeker. Like I want to know truth. Like not what I believe, not my perspective, not what the world says. I want to know the truth for myself. And that was this, that was wisdom for me. And this journey was, was getting back to owning and really getting anchored, like you said earlier, and rooted in the truth of whose I am and who I am in that. And that's, and knowing that wisdom is, I'm just getting started, mm-hmm. realizing I'm just getting started and that blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, what's next? Yeah, like I always feel that way. Like, what's next, Lord? What yeah. do you got? What do you got for me? Just the wisdom. I mean, mm-hmm. the more you get, seek wisdom. Like, she really is the treasure. She holds everything of meaning and value and of worth. And the more you get, the more you realize that. That's it. Like, I want it more than money. I want it more than fame. I want it more than anything else. Is this wisdom and truth of God? Because. It's just priceless. It's wow. the most fulfilling thing ever. But it's forever a journey. Yeah, that's beautiful, <laughs> It's not Tiff. over. Well, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed chatting with Tiffany as much as I did. Um, she, go check her out, Running With Jesus on Instagram. This is her beautiful book that we're just talking about today that encompasses so much um, and hopefully can reveal a breakthrough to you as listeners or plant some seeds of forgiveness and maybe gives you some wisdom and just help you in whatever you're going through in life. Not, not only grief, but there's so many other things that this can really tap into mm-hmm. and reveal in yourself and help you evolve and grow as a person and as an individual and, and hopefully, you know, grow your faith a little bit too, because that's what keeps us going. Right. And, um, I know that without faith, I would not be at the place I am today. Yeah. And I think that we all can attest to that. So please check it out. Running with and Jesus. And leave comments if you feel called by the Spirit to leave comments because you never know that the revelations, that's something I learned in this, the revelations that you have, maybe just the word somebody else needs said in a way that I didn't say in the book, but mm-hmm. that you got. And so only if you feel called, it's not a, a demand, but don't doubt that what you have to say is of worth and of value towards it too, because it's, it's an expanding thing. It's a journey we all take together. And, and don't be fearful to participate in that journey if you feel called to. That's awesome. Yes. So again, Tiffany Evans, Wild Woman of God. Check out Running With Jesus. It is free. It doesn't cost a thing. You just go to our Instagram and you can listen chapter to chapter and see beautiful pictures and go along this journey with her. And Tiffany, I love you so much. Love you so much. Thank you for coming to be on Angel Talk Podcast again. It's always a pure joy. And you are a bold light girl. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. You. Yes, I love you.